I've missed you. I'm finally home. And if you hear a dog in the background, that's George still being crate trained. Can you guys hear that dog? Can you hear the dog? Can you hear the dog? Is the dog loud? All right, I'll be back. I gotta, I gotta fix this dog situation. He's just being crate trained, and he's, uh, he's kind of going ape shit right now. I'll be right back. George is now here, chewing on a bone. Let's chat about my appearance on Joe Rogan. All right, hi everybody. So I just wanted to quickly talk about uh, some stuff. I have some stuff to talk about. So I just got back from Los Angeles where I did an appearance on the Joe Rogan Experience. And this is my third time in six months doing it. And this was definitely the weirdest one because uh, last minute Kurt Metzger joined us and apparently had just been exposed to caffeine for the first time. And he was just yelling for three straight hours. And I like Kurt. He's a good dude. But it was uh, it was like every time me and Joe would start talking about something, you just hear someone screaming about rape. But it's all good. We've all been there. Not a big deal. And uh, Joe was uh, doing kind of like a social media intervention with me about tweeting. So at first, I, on my way out, I had, to, I had no time to hang with Joe after. He, that's when he reads his ads. So we just, you know, said bye and Kurt needed a ride. So it was another 35, 40 minutes of, uh, of Kurt, you know, even when we got to the place where I dropped him off, he had 10 more minutes about gun control. So I was exhausted. And then I went online, you know, to see what people thought, because I was a little nervous that people were going to think that I sucked because frankly, I didn't talk very much. I tried, but if I did, it would have been really awkward and I was a guest. And uh, it would have just been yelling because it, it just, Kurt was so intense that, because I'm used to morning radio, like I can get in, I would get in like one liners and stuff, but if I'd went any more, it would have been insane. So I just kind of took the, took the loss and I was already a little down because I felt like I let my family down a little bit. It was my son's birthday and Amy was, she's always supportive. She trusts me and knows that when I say something's really good for us to just go with it. And she's like, you know, it's good to do Rogan, right? Cause my special just came out and she's like, it's millions of people listen to it. You love Joe, Joe loves you. It'll be great. And uh, I have your back. And I'm like, great. And so when I realized that I couldn't even plug my special on it, even as the credits are rolling, I tried to plug it and Kurt just starts yelling about rape or something. So I was pretty sad. And um, I felt like I let people down. And then I went in the comments and I noticed at first I was like pumped to see some of the comments where it's like, oh, we, we came to listen to Owen, like Kurt shut up. And I was like, okay, cool. People are still okay. And then I started seeing people talk shit about Rogan. And then I saw more and more and more people talking shit about Kurt and Rogan. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not right. 
So I wanted to uh, do a live stream today and kind of explain from my point of view what went down. First of all, I trust Rogan. There's, there's not that many people in the world that I trust. There's a good amount. I'm not like paranoid, but it's just a fact. You can't really trust a lot of people because when shit goes down, a lot of people are very self-serving and you just don't know what they're going to do. If people are more concerned with social approval than they are their beliefs, they, they really can't be relied upon. Joe is one of those people that I know for a fact is a good dude. What he did with that Mencia thing, Mencia was a joke thief for a long time and everyone knew it, right? And it took someone with clout, like he was famous, Joe. It took someone like him to call that out for it to stop. And now looking back, it seems obvious. That's always how it is. It seems like, of course, uh, Carlos Mencia is a hack and Joe Rogan is a, is a mogul at this point. But at the time, it wasn't. Joe lost his agent and he was banned from the comedy store for seven years. Okay. He shouldered unnecessary pain and status for the underdog. And that is one of the reasons that I always admired him. And then the more I listened to his podcast, the more people he introduced me to, I was just a fan of his just before I had his number in my phone, I listened to hundreds of his episodes. So then when he reached out to me the first time to be on his podcast, I really got to know him. That's the thing about podcasting. You get to have a three-hour conversation with another human being. You can be neighbors with someone and be like friends with someone and not have that type of just intense interaction. And I've learned that he is a good man. And so I wanted to kind of explain what he was doing because I a lot of people that support me, and I was flattered at how much support I got and all the people saying that they came to watch me and they were disappointed that, you know, Joe was browbeating me about Anthony Jeselnik and he sounded like he was uh, condescending me and all this stuff. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It, it's when I trust somebody and this is what I think is important. And the reason I'm sharing all of this is because I think it, it's a helpful uh, angle and a helpful insight for all of us. And there's someone I want to apologize to, and I'll get to that in a second. People assume intention way too much. And it happens to me constantly. Like Michael Malice tweeted something like, you just see me as blah, blah, blah to someone else. And I retweeted it and said, I just see you as a Jew. And then he retweeted it and we're laughing about it. And I saw people write that I was an anti-Semite. And that's so like obviously wrong based on that joke, but that's constant in my life, right? And so I saw people saying that that Rogan brought on Kurt to uh, to fill my message with noise and that he was virtue signaling and trying to like make it so I can't attack Anthony Jones, all this stuff, and none of it is real. And um, I'll tell you exactly what happened. First off, there, Joe did not know that Kurt was either allergic to caffeine or he just discovered crack that morning because <laughs> it was just mania. There's no way you can predict that. And Kurt's a funny guy. What I think went through Rogan's head as far as him thinking I tweet too much and uh, him thinking what I did with Anthony Jeselnik was wrong is Joe likes to have good vibes. Like he wants comedians to stick together. Like he's, he's so happy now that the comedy store 
isn't run by a tyrannical manager like Tommy back in the day. And he loves camaraderie. He loves good vibes. He thinks that the comedians are stronger together than apart. He's very supportive when someone's down. He's a, a strong proponent of free speech. And just, I think that he was mad at me a little bit for try, for almost like disturbing the, the good vibes. Cause like Anthony's one of us in a sense, you know? And also I think that, um, he gets a lot of heat being friends with me given my station in life. And I'll explain more of that in a second. So then it appeared like he was being kind of a dick to me only because he had that in his head. And then I think the more I kind of showed my point of view, the more it was pretty obvious that I wasn't really being a dick. Uh, and then we have Kurt just screaming the whole time. And I don't think that me and Joe could really have a conversation about it. So let me just show you my take on the Anthony Jeselnik situation. I heard he had called me alt-right, which we all know at this day and age means Nazi. And we all know that that is a very bad label you want to throw around. Okay, so when I go on his Twitter page to see what he's saying, I'm blocked. That's a very aggressive move to do to someone preemptively when they haven't said anything to you. So I do a joke that he does liposuction in his ass. And then he retweets that saying that I am alt-right and a third-rate piano hack and I have nothing important to say. And so then I say that he's like Hollywood's cum donkey or something, like just something random. At no point do I match the intensity of what he's saying. When you call someone a Nazi, that's like calling someone a rapist. That's like crazy. And uh, and he knows exactly what he's doing. You call someone alt-right, you're labeling them as a racist. And I called him a cum donkey. That's not even in the realm of reality. And for those of you that don't, a lot of you I know don't know Anthony Jeselnik. I'll show you something else. Like, his style of comedy is very aggressive. Okay, like, here's one of his jokes. He's also a wealthy white male. Handsome. Right? He's not exactly one of these demos that Yale can get behind. Donald, I'm not sure if you're even aware of this, but the only difference between you and Michael Douglas from the movie Wall Street is that no one's going to be sad when you get cancer. I mean, it's it's a funny joke, but it's really aggressive. Okay, here's another one. I'm not a religious person. I would call my I would call myself an atheist. I don't have a good story behind it. I'm just reasonable. I mean, Dude's, dude's an intense dude. Here's another one. Babies are the only people I actually trust as far as I can throw them. Okay, for those of you that, that don't know Anthony Jelzenek or that do, you know his style of comedy is intense. So it's not like this is a Brian Regan situation where I'm just kind of running around half cock saying that Brian Regan's a cum donkey. So I'm not at all sad about... Anthony Jeselnik. I'm not even really apologetic, but I am empathetic with what Rogan is saying. And so, you know, a lot of people today were, were thankful that I still am tweeting like I always do. And I still have that aggression because today it was about, um, it was about the Scottish comedian who was imprisoned or he just got, he will be, he was found guilty of telling a joke. He had his pug do a Nazi salute. That's all it was. 
Meanwhile, England is riddled with uh, rape gangs, then, and these people are not going to prison. This is a fact. It's infuriating. So I'm hammering at them because I do a lot of tweets because it's a volume, it's a volume app. The more tweets I do on a subject that I feel passionate about, the more likely it, it might get retweeted by the right person, and there will be a, a somewhat shift in a conversation. I saw Ricky Gervais had this guy's back. If enough people have his back with influence, it could save this dude from going to prison for a joke. This is a serious situation. So I'm trying to make it funny. And one of my styles on Twitter is to be fine with making mistakes. Like I was tweeting at England. I'm like, Charles Dickens is a shit uh, writer. You know, your island's just a floating gulag. I'm glad we shot John Lennon. You know, aggressive shit kind of showing like, look, you can't censor me. But I'm making it funny because people retweet funny things. And funny things is a way to, uh, to kind of internalize a complicated concept, right? And so then I find out at England is a soccer team. I find this out right after I say, hey, at England, you're cool with Muslim rape gangs, but not a joke. And then I find out it's a soccer team. So underneath that, I write star, just found out you're a soccer team. I thought you were a country. My bad. And then the soccer team liked that. And then that became a joke. Like, hey, look, me and the soccer team are cool because they respect passion. Okay. So now I want to give you an example of, of what I am sorry about. All right. So this is the stress that I put someone like Rogan under. Rogan is a leader and an alpha male and a powerful man in the entertainment industry. And there, there's weight on that. There's weight on his shoulders. He's still a dude with problems. He's still like just a guy. And a lot of times people forget that. And uh, when he associates and puts his name on the line, doing his show three times in six months is a big deal. It opens him up to criticism about being associated with me. And I, I have a, a reputation out there of being like, I don't know. A lot of people say a lot of different shit about me. And I'll tell you why. I did so much thinking about this today. It's because I'm basically a blue collar guy. Like, for, like real though, but I also somehow managed to get into the world of powerful Hollywood. I was rep at CAA, the most powerful agency in Hollywood for 12 years. I was one of the leads on a sitcom for three years. I've had Comedy Central specials. I've done Leno and Fallon and Schumer and I've dated actresses and, and been invited to these big mansions and all this shit, but I'm not in that though. Like not that long ago, like this year, I was doing $20 an hour with my brother to make sure I could pay my bills, like scared, you know, like having to use used work boots because I, I use some of that sitcom money. You know, I've made money in my life and I tried to be smart. So I bought a, a condo in West Hollywood that's now worth a million dollars, right? And so after I, I came out against the transgender kid shit, I lost all my gigs and just everything just went, just every door closed on me. And it's almost like the Pareto distribution that, that Peterson talks about. When you ascend, you ascend in an exponential manner. It's the Matthew principle. And it, but then when you descend, it's just nosedive, right? So I, I, I want to get that money. So I'm like, how do we get that money? And we can't because if we sell it, 
I would have to pay state tax, federal tax, and uh, capital gains tax, which is mind-blowingly huge. And I have people renting it right now where I'm profiting about 150 bucks a month, but they're at least paying the bills, right? So I have this big chunk of resources that is inaccessible. So now I'm getting in credit card debt and I'm becoming just blue collar again, like I always used to be. You know, I was in college, I was a janitor, and in the summers I would always do lumberjack work with my brother, arborist work. And so my mind is always like that. And so culturally, I'm like that. I talk, for those of you that have seen me with my mom, my family is very rough. And uh, there's a type of speech that comes with that, and there's a type of attitude that comes with that, and it just is. And um, so when I, okay, here's a part, but, but I'm like a day walker, though. I can go in between the worlds. And a Rogan is like that, too. Adam Carolla is like that. There's a lot of dudes that, that can do the day walker thing, but it causes stress on them when they're associated with someone like me. And there's a lot of hypocrisy in Hollywood. Like, for example, I did... I performed at uh, this event called A Night for Freedom with uh, Gavin McGinnis and Stefan Molyneux and Michael Malice and um, another con- oh, uh, Cernovich. And uh, it was a gig, you know, they, Cernovich contact, uh, contacted me. He's like, I can pay you to do this gig. Come down. I'm like, you know, you guys are great. Let's do this. I perform. I have a wonderful time. You know, it's a bunch of libertarians and anarcho-capitalists and everyone's super nice and it's a blast, right? And so after that, I felt that I had like a different eyes on me. Like people were like, oh, you associate with people. I'm like, fuck you guys. Fucking hypocrites. Okay, I used to do college gigs. I got one time I got paid $10,000 to perform in front of 10 people. Think about if you think about the ethics between performing at a night for freedom and performing at a college. Okay, the next big bubble is student debt, and you can't default on it. Right now, there's over a trillion dollars of it because for some reason, people tried to convince uh, uh, kids that if you go to college, you'll make more money because there was a time when that was true, and that is no longer true, and they should have went to trade school. And so what happened is people majored in underwater vagina ballet, and there is no job for those people. So... When I'm performing at a state school for $10,000 in front of 10 people, I'm getting paid $1,000 a person by way of their fucking tuition. That's that's borderline evil, right? So like that's one reason why college would colleges would never book a person like me is because what I talk about and what my vibe is against that. I don't like that. So I when I figure something out in my head like an ethic, that's how that's how you 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 can go between tribes and that's how I think we can survive as a species and as a people and keep our sanity during the social media insanity. And, um, and so I just don't really care. So, but this is the thing, like when someone like a Rogan associates with me, I got a picture here that is funny. Remember when Zoolander came back to the, to the pits where he's from and he's wearing all his leather and all this shit. It's like that except reverse. Like I'm like the coal miner and uh, like that. Remember this? It's like, <laughs> I got the black lung pop. And everybody, and, and they're like embarrassed because cause it's not about money. It's about tribe. So it's like their tribe is like, you're dead to me, kid. He's like, merman, pop. I was a merman. It's like that except the opposite. Like they would say, People would be like, what's up with your buddy Owen? You know, he's tweeting crazy shit. And I'm never going to lay off the tweets. 
But what I will do, and this is what I really started thinking about, is I care about Joe Rogan. And I care about the fact that he has had my back and he's a good man. And so I started thinking, like, how can I be a, a better friend and, and really assess what I'm doing when I'm tweeting sometimes and why I do it? Like, for example, the Anthony Jeselnik thing, I don't give a rat's ass what that fucker thinks of me. And Rogan, I'm sure, will be fine with that. But I started, like, thinking about other people that I attack. I try to only attack institutions or ideas, but every now and then I'll, I'll go after, like, a very famous person without really thinking it through as to why. So first up, I thought, Jimmy Kimmel. Should I stop attacking Jimmy Kimmel? Is that going to make shit awkward for any of the people in L.A. that, that stuck beside, my, beside me? Because it's not like I would ever not do what I think, but, like, why am I doing it? So I assessed. I'm like, okay, what, what do I fucking hate about Jimmy Kimmel? It's his manipulative crying. It's like what women do. And when he held his son out there and cried to try and get more socialized health care, it infuriated me to a point where I just want to attack him until he shuts up or at least let other people know that it's okay to think that way. Because I am basically a blue collar dude and not, I'm not saying that like blue collar comedy, like I live in a mansion, but I talk like this. I legit am like, I'm now making decent money on like YouTube and Patreon and shit, but that's only been for two months. I've only gotten two checks so far. Like I had a gash in my foot that I had to use a maxi pad for recently. Okay. So, but I've also had writer's guild insurance, which is free, free insurance. Same with screen actors guild. It's like a hundred bucks. It's just nothing. And it's awesome. So I had to get Obamacare this year. And, um, it was $1,500 a, a month and I had to prove my newborn child's income. And when I kept trying to call the line, there was nobody there because the government sucks at everything. So when I see Jimmy Kimmel, this guy who makes $30 million a year crying in a taped performance, I'm not saying men shouldn't cry sometimes, you know, right after you kill a man, you know, you can cry up a little bit right after you gut a man, you gut your enemy. No, but seriously, like that, it tapes at four o'clock. Like he could have re, re, did a retake, but no, he cried to try and get people. And he held a child, which is now the, the thing the left does to get sympathy. And so, no, screw him. I got my Obamacare down to 850 a month because of how little money I made that year. And, but it was still insane. It's a horrifying thing. I want a lot of you liberals out there, a lot of you leftists, to think, why is it that the working class people seem to be against all these things that claim to be helping poor people? Why is it that the working class people don't like Obamacare? Think about it, because it's awful and it's super expensive. And we hate how condescending elite people will talk about it like they're doing us a favor when they're just awful. Okay, so fuck Kimmel. Fuck him. I, I realized who I owe an apology to and who I have to rethink and why I've said what I said. And I want to apologize to Sam Harris. And I'll explain. Sam Harris can, can say things that really annoy me. And I've attacked him personally on Twitter. And I feel like I'm not going to do that anymore. I'll tell you why. Because Sam Harris shouldered a burden, an unnecessary pain for the common man. 
And that was he acknowledged that there was an issue with Islam when no one else would. When he was on uh, Bill Maher's show and Ben Affleck, shiny Ben Affleck, just he'll suck anyone's cock for approval. When, when Sam Harris stood up to him, he did not have to. And that's caused Sam a lot of pain. And he did, and he has walls. He has protection. He did not have to do that. And that's like a similar thing that what Rogan did, where it's like that act is why I started listening to Sam Harris. And Sam Harris is a very smart man. But the thing that started wearing at me about Sam Harris was his lack of understanding as to why anyone would vote for Donald Trump. And I'm fine with someone hating Donald Trump or not wanting to vote for Donald Trump or anything like that. But it's, it's, it was the constant. And I was listening to all his podcasts because, again, like what he did, standing up for people because it's, the rape gangs are attacking poor people. And, and this is true. And uh, the Meryl Streeps of the world don't have to acknowledge this and they don't have to acknowledge all the problems that come from importing millions and millions of undocumented people from with a religion that 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 advocates violence. And that when you have uh, and the fact he stood up for some of those people that he's had on his show, like uh, uh, Majid Nawaz, you realize that he really is trying to help the world because these people are now trying to reform Islam and be, they're, they're called apostates and there's a fatwa on their head and Sam Harris did a heroic act. So that's why I became a fan of his. But then the more I would listen to him and the more he would act like just almost disgusted that, that like the Donald Trump phenomenon, I started really spiting him because you cannot like Trump and think Trump's a buffoon or think that you know, his his policies are wrong or things he says are embarrassing. But this is the thing Trump did that no one else was doing. He acknowledged problems that no one else would talk about. And that's really important for a lot of people. In my town, let me tell you a couple stories. And maybe this, hopefully, may, this is one reason why I'm now trying to think like about being a, a more precise about what I say and do. Because I'm starting to realize I have influence. I have a sense of power. People listen to me. Thousands of people listen to me. Millions of people listen to me. So I don't want to make as many mistakes as I have in the past. I'm still going to be what I am. I'm not going to change my personality. But I don't want people. I'm just going to try harder. And it's not because Joe Rogan asked me to. It's because Joe Rogan's a good person who stuck his neck out for a friend. And I want to. So... I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let me tell you some about like the town I live in right now, right? Uh, this year, I've lost a friend to heroin and another guy shot himself in the head. I have his shoes. The guy who shot himself in the head. I'm, I literally wear his shoes because of uh, just absolute hopelessness. Just hopelessness. Just 2,800 total people. Let me tell you about another guy. And, and another thing about Sam Harris is that he's a, a smug atheist. Smug, though, like smug. I'm not saying you can't be an atheist. You can be a smug atheist. I'm just saying where I'm coming from with some of these tweets I've done. I, me and my brother hang out with a guy named Diesel Dave. That's what we call him. And Diesel Dave has done a hard time in prison, and he doesn't have a driver's license, uh, but he still buys beer because people don't ID him because he has that look like you're good. 
Diesel Dave collects scrap metal. He's very handy. He can build anything out of anything. And he's just one of those tough guys who's seen a lot of shit in his life. Last year, you know, Diesel Dave has two beautiful daughters. Last year, one of his beautiful daughters died. Uh, she was riding a motorcycle or a, a snowmobile. And, and Diesel Dave had uh, used to work for that company by, he was a mechanic. And she, something happened, something broke, cord broke, I don't know, but she died. And she didn't die at first. And uh, she died. And the community came together and we raised money for her funeral. And my brother had taught her. It was very, very, very sad. And um, Diesel Dave and my brother out one night, it was the anniversary of her death. And Diesel Dave pounds a bottle of rum and just drives his his um, his uh, snowmobile as fast as he possibly could. He got over 100 miles an hour just screaming at God to take him to his daughter. Okay, that's the life I'm currently living in. So when a guy like Sam Harris starts talking about how the belief in God is is somehow silly or stupid, or look at this Old Testament passage, how dumb are these people? Look at Diesel Dave in the eye and tell him that it's silly to believe in God. And you will see a look back that says, if I don't meet my daughter again in heaven, I'm an animal because she's what I I love. And that conversation isn't going to happen. And this is another thing about, and by the way, I'm still apologizing to Sam Harris. I'm not knocking him right now. I'm saying where I'm coming from. And then I'm going to talk about the understanding I have. In one episode, Sam Harris talked about how the last friend he had that smoked was uh, Hitchens. He has no friends that smoke. Sam Harris Almost everyone I know smokes. And my theory is it's a way of controlling your own death. When you're 80 feet in the air and it's negative 10 and you're cutting down a tree, having a smoke is almost a fuck you to, more, uh, to, to fate. You know, a lot of people I know have jobs they either hate or they know that they're in one of the top percentile of probability of death. So they smoke. They believe in God. They drink hard. And... Uh, a lot of them voted for Trump because Trump, whether you like him or not, how he talks, whether or not you find him an embarrassment or not, he acknowledged a lot of problems that no one else would. And that's it. And so the more Sam Harris would talk like this, the two tweets that I did that, that, I, that uh, I'm apologizing for is uh, one was about um, basically that he's that about Sam being a rich kid. You know, and what the hell does he know? Basically, it's the same concept as when, uh, when, uh, what's his name? Mitt Romney said that he was once so poor he had to sell stock and it kind of made the country go, fuck you, man. And you know what? I got, there's a bunch of problems come from being from a rich family. I know a ton of rich kids that, that had a hard lot in life and I was just kind of acting out and, um, I don't know. He didn't deserve that. And the other one was, uh, I didn't like once when he was talking about determinism and he made a joke about a mother asked him, what, how do you teach your child about determinism? And he was like, you lie. And everyone laughed. And I was like, but really though, how do you? And you have to lie. You can't, teach your child about determinism. You have to, a child can't possibly understand that. 
And that bothered me a lot because right now we have the highest rate of suicide in teens in the history of America. And the socialists will make will have this this ideology that's patently false, this uh, materialistic ideology that the more money you make and the closer we get to equality, the happier people will be. That is false, provably false. The concept of determinism in a 12-year-old is so dangerous. And this nihilism, this lack of purpose is literally killing people. They're taking their lives. They're becoming heroin addicts. They, they, they don't know what to do. And in Sam Harris's world, I think Sam Harris is a good man. I do. I think that a man that stood up uh, and, and said something that no one else would say, that there is a problem with radical Islam, is a man with balls and courage and morality. That's why I'm apologizing. But I just really hope he understands how some of the things he says sounds. That when he talks about determinism, how do you explain that to a kid? And it's like some of these, and he's, and just like me, he has a reach. He's famous. People listen to him. People love him. People look at him for guidance. And I just, from my point of view and in my lot in life, you know, from District 12 looking at the Capitol and Joe Rogan's in the Capitol saying, I like that guy though. Well, have him come in. It's like, I, I can't not say what I believe and what I see. And how, how powerful or strong or important are your theories if you can't teach it to a kid? Or if it doesn't help Diesel Dave as he's driving 100 miles an hour towards oblivion, blacked out on rum, praying that God takes his life so he can see his daughter again. Or my friend Cap, who has the scarred memories in his brain of, of shooting innocent people in war because of his PTSD and because of the instincts that happen in war. How do you tell him there is no good and evil and everything's subjective and you can put a machine in space to collect particles to make a bigger machine and a bigger machine? They're like, dude, fuck you, man. And that's all I was coming from. And I think like sometimes my craziest tweets or the attacks that seem the most vicious are coming from a protective place of people that you can't see. Where I have someone's back that doesn't have a voice. Someone at a bar will tell me a story. And I'll just fire up the Twitter. Because I'm honored. But at the same time, I have an obligation that I have a voice. That 120,000 people follow me on Twitter. There's a reason they do. And it's not because I'm mean or a troll or angry. It's because I can speak for people that don't really get much of a voice these days. And so my advice for Sam Harris, I'm apologizing to you, my friend. I hear you're a really good guy. Everyone says that. Everyone who knows you closely says you're a good guy, says you're funny, says you have balls. But think about what you're saying every time you say like the Trump phenomenon with that like very, you have this voice. It's almost like the opposite of British. Like British, it's almost like they're singing. You have a voice so steady from all that meditation that it creeps people out a little bit if like you say stuff that's too erudite. And I know you don't have to change for me. You're not gonna. That's why I respect you. That's why I respect Rogan. It, it's, that's why people respect me. 
It's because some you realize occasionally that someone will not change for social pressure. But hopefully from my lot in life and from my perspective on life and the fact that I, I know your world a little bit, but maybe you don't know my world as much. And maybe you can understand that what you're saying sounds fucking crazy to some people. And 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 to, to I don't know, man. That's all that's all I really wanted to say. And I want to thank Rogan. And I really hope that you guys don't think poorly of him at all for what happened on this last podcast. Kurt was jacked up on caffeine. You know, Rogan wanted uh, homeostasis in the comedy community. He was banned from the store for seven years. And now it's a family vibe and everyone's getting along. And he wants that to last. And when he's, when he's got a guy like me, an outspoken, very smart, passionate guy from a different lot in life running his mouth on Twitter, and now a lot of people can hear me, he's like, Owen, man, fucking chill out. And it's not saying he's not browbeating me. He's not. This isn't a conspiracy. This isn't because of my political views or any of that shit. It's literally because he's just saying, hey, man. I gotta, I'm around these people all the time. Can you not fucking, you know, call Jimmy Kimmel a cum donkey or whoever I called a cum donkey. I called Anthony Jeselnik a cum donkey. And, uh, you know, and he, I just came up with the Sam Harris thing myself because I really started uh, thinking about it. I just started like analyzing like who doesn't deserve it? Like who's shown me an act of courage that maybe I should take a closer look at? And if anybody else pops up, I will apologize. Because I think that if a, a man can't apologize, you shouldn't listen to him. Because we all make mistakes. And if you can't reevaluate, you know, what the hell what, what the hell good are you? What good are you if you can't apologize? But also what good are you if you apologize when you know you're not wrong? That's another one though. Don't do that either. If you know you're not wrong, don't apologize. You can be polite. You can, you can apologize for something else. Sorry I put you in that situation. But if someone doesn't stick by what they believe, they're useless. They're just carbon looking for carbon. The fuck use are you? And I, another insight I had is this guy wrote me an email about, about he was furious at me. Because last episode, I yelled, not yelled, but some dude uh, said that I looked nervous in my special. And I was like, fuck you, man. I tried my best. And, and this other, and uh, this guy writes me an email that uh, it's like, oh, that guy's a fan of yours. And you talk down to him. And I thought more of you. Dude, I know that guy. That's Rich Ben. I've hung with him in Portland. I had beers with him. He's a great dude. I t- I've talked to him a million times. That's just how I talk to people. And the hubris of the guy who wrote me the email of not knowing that, just saying like, how dare you talk to your fans like that? It's like, dude, you don't know me. I get where he's coming from. You know, he's like, hey, man, that guy just super chatted you and you told him to fuck off. It's like, yeah, I just spent 10 grand on my own special. I can't reshoot it. And it's like if if I look nervous, which I don't even think I do, fuck you. And that doesn't mean I don't like you. Doesn't mean we're not still friends. It doesn't mean I don't value you hanging out. But like, that's like, I know the guy. (sighs) And then, but every time I get one of those thoughts about like this guy being wrong, I immediately go, 
fuck, which, which, what am I wrong about? Like, what have I missed like that? What have I assumed that I don't know? And like the fact that Sam Harris stood up against one of the scariest hordes of psychos on the planet as children are being raped by these people. I'm not saying Muslims. Islam is insane. And the fact he did it as a shiny person, as a member of society that didn't have to do that. Like Tommy Robinson's on the street fighting for his life. Like he's, it's dude, that guy's hilarious. You know, it's like people say I'm racist, but I'm racist. Some of my best mates, he's black. Bubbles, he's my me mate since I was in third fucking grade. Hey, Tommy, I'm Bubbles. See, fucking Bubbles. Like, he's like a, a different type. Like, that dude's courageous as fuck, too. But he's like, I saw a woman getting raped, and I hit him in the fucking face. Like, that's 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 like on-the-street courage. It's a lot easier to see and understand because you just go, oh, someone's getting hurt. That guy threw a punch. Awesome. But, like, the shit that Rogan and Harris and some of these guys have done is almost even more insane because they're in a social class that they don't have to touch it at all. Sam Harris doesn't have to fucking touch these issues. And the fact he did made me truly feel regret that I kind of hammered him a little about two issues that don't even fucking matter that much. And that's it. All right, I'm going to answer the super chats and then I'm going to bed. I hope that was good. I hope you guys enjoyed that. All right, let's listen to some super chats. Dollars to persist. Keep going. Oh, thanks, Mr. Nicktown. Love you, buddy. Oh, and I sent you an email, and I hope you read it. It would mean a lot. I will, Tyler. I've been a little lax on the emails. Oh, and there's still tickets available for Cleveland. Is that the city I'm in in Ohio? Cleveland on Thursday? But it's looking like it's going to be a sick show. And I will need um, – I am hiring some of you guys for that. So, And I haven't written back to the emails yet, but I will tomorrow. Tomorrow I have time. And then um, Friday, Saturday, three of the four shows are sold out. But the fourth may already be sold out. Not sure in Chicago. Kirkland, still have tickets available. Uh, HugePianist.com. And also uh, my new special, HugePianist.com, which I didn't get to really plug on Rogan. But then he plugged it for me today. And that's, and that's like, you can count on certain people. You know, there's certain people that are just good guys. I think if people over-assume intent... They do it with me all the time. Anytime I talk about race or anything like that, if I'm doing some like intricate joke structure or something, it's just immediately you're bad. You're coming from a bad place. You're coming from a bad place. And it's just so important that when you trust someone, you they really have to fuck up for you to like to go at them. And uh, Rogan, from everything I've seen about him, is very, very, very trustworthy. And there's... These people don't have to do this. Like, they can just be rich. It's like you can tell they believe in something. All right. Um, Canterbury, you did great. A stand-up Owen in every way. Oh, thanks, buddy. CC Red, really glad you're being honest with this. I'm a new fan of yours, and you're much nicer than most comics I follow, but it's awesome to see you are righteous, have balls, and don't cave to garbage. Well, I mean, I don't see another option. You know, and I'm really, I'm not being humble when I say that. I really don't know how I would exist by just caving all the time. Cause I wouldn't know, I wouldn't trust my instincts. I would be coming from like, when you climb a tree, you have to have one arm on the trunk and then you, the other one, you can reach other shit. If you don't have a trunk, how do you even survive? 
And I'm in such a high pressure, high stakes, high emotion business that unless you have a core that you stick to, even if it hurts temporarily, you can't survive. And money does not help. Joe plugged your special today and apologized. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, Frederick. Joe is a great guy and one-on-one show with you is awesome. Kurt's energy kind of took it off the rails. I love you and Rogan. Heads up and happy birthday, Walter. Oh, thank you. Sometimes I want to criticize you and I remember you're part of us, not we're part of you. And I will bear my brother's burden. God bless. Always feel free to criticize me, man. Honestly. Like, I, 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 I need it. If I have a blind spot that you can see and I can't, please, God, tell me. And if I don't agree, I just won't agree. You know? Like, like for example, like Rogan. He thinks I tweet too much and he was coming at me about Jeselnik and I think he's wrong. But part of what he said was right. And it took my own reflection to come to that. I don't care at all about Torch and Jeselnik, but there's people that I have that I almost treat like a comedian or treat like they have so much power that I don't see their vulnerability. And and for that, Rogan's 100% right. And I'm not going to tweet less. I still love tweeting. I'm just not going to be as reckless with individuals. And like recently with that woman that tried to get me blackballed from my own town because she was offended, I never said her name because I try to bear the burden of responsibility when it comes to that. Like I don't want people to hurt and to and to be burned when they don't even understand the stakes that, that I'm playing with. For me to say someone's name and say, they're coming at your free speech, America. Lock and load, send it. That's horrifying. And I have that power now. And so with power comes responsibility. With freedom comes responsibility. That all of our freedoms come with responsibility. And we seem to only be focused on the freedoms and the rights and the I have a right. It's like that right comes with just blood and just sleepless nights where you're just tossing and turning, wondering what the hell if you said the right thing or the wrong thing. Because with responsibility comes like people do look to me for guidance. And it's like if I fuck up, I I also can't overthink it and not have my instincts and not be the big bear, you know, but like. I just like I can't let my offense like like when when Sam Harris gets all smug and atheistic or like clearly is coming from a different social class. I can't let that cloud my vision of like the cool shit he's done and how easily he could have been just such an asshole because there's so many Sam Harris's out there that did not do anything for anybody else. And so that's on me. Do I hate myself for it? No, but it is. My dad passed away recently. Can you play My Old Man by Zach Brown Band? Also, I'm not verified, but I'm using Lord Mozzarella Bear the Fourth. Is that okay? Welcome, Lord Mozzarella Bear the Fourth. I don't know that Zach Brown Band uh, song, and I got to read a bunch of super chats, but I would love to play another song for your pops. If uh, I'll go up to the normal chats, you don't have to. Like, give me a tip or anything for that. You already did. But uh, I'm just too worn out to really look up new songs right now, if you can see my eyes. I actually, Joe Stevenson, my boy, he's, he uh, commented that my real addiction is not sleeping enough. No, I actually slept a lot. Like, I got, like, six last night, and then I got another four on the plane today. And that's, like, a lot for me. Like, that's a lot for anybody. But I'm fucking worn out, man. 
I think people are more upset that three hours went by and we didn't get enough of you. I think Joe's heart is in the right place. And I don't think he was trying to do any harm. We just wanted more of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I appreciate that. And his heart is in the right place. I just saw so many comments that were kind of conspiratorial that I wanted to really nip that in the bud from uh, my mouth. And I know that I have, I've built enough of a reputation with you guys where you know that I'm serious. Like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I think Joe is just trying to be a good friend. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, thanks, Tony. I love what you're doing, Owen. Do you ever plan on doing a show in the Albany area? Yeah, of course. I do Albany in a heartbeat. Free count. Oh, yeah. Free count. Uh, Dankula. That's that's the thing that I was going at hard today because it's so important. Oh, there's a, there's a picture I want to show you that uh, Artling drew. It really, it like, it like hit me. Where is it? It's so good, dude. He just sketched this on his, on his, um, on his lunch break. This dude's so talented. He draws a bunch of stuff, uh, for the bears. Look at this. This is just archetypal. You know, where is it? He drew this about Count Dankula. Look at that shit. He just sketched that. The jester being taken by the police. And that's another thing that puts me on edge sometimes. And it makes me uh and makes me like a little extra aggressive. Is our world is so threatened. And just like Rogan's trying to keep the homeostasis of the comedy community, I'm I'm looking at speech itself. Like I'm in a slightly different angle on the whole thing where I'm looking at the threat of actually being able to say words. And I said, today I tweeted, anybody who thinks words are violence, I want to hit you in the knee with an with a iron pipe. And I do. Because maybe that will show you once and for all that words are not violence. Violence is violence. And as one woman said, but certain types of words lead to violence. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Words diffuse violence. Like when you can articulate an idea and, and share it and mold it and debate it. And that's the only way we don't rip each other's faces off. And that's why I try to look at the ethics and morality and, and courage of human beings to try and unite the tribes. Because Sam Harris is not from my tribe at all. And that's why I took this time to really think all this through because my tribalism is like that smug motherfucker. But my ethics and my morality sees what he does, like what he's done. And, and I think like if he was in my tribe, I would like him. It's all these like things he's doing that that make my skin crawl. Like when he talks about how if you believe in God, basically you're a fucking idiot. I'm like... Tell that to Diesel Dave, man. And, th and then I get this tingle of violence almost. But I'm wrong. I am in that situation. I'm wrong. I feel it a lot, though. But Sam Harris speaking out has saved kids. There's no chance he hasn't. Like him speaking truth to the power of that Islamic crazy fucking rape gang shit. It's, it's definitely saved kids from being raped. So fuck it, man. Be a smug asshole all you want. I, I love you, buddy. Like, you, you've helped kids, man. 
And that's those who hurt kids, I want dead. That's one line I know. And all the other shit is noise that I try to figure out. And I tweet a lot to clarify. This is what some people don't understand about me. I'm not making noise. It's almost, it's idea sonar. And, and like seeing words come back at me and seeing what resonates and seeing like what I believe. Cause like I will tweet what I believe, but I'll do a, an irony or a hyperbole or just grow it and shrink it and just see. And, and it's like saying hello to an echo. And to me, that clarifies my thoughts where I see any possible um, argument back. Because when you have a big enough platform, you pretty much see every possible thing someone could say in response. And then you're like, oh, okay, maybe I'd see it that way. Maybe I would need to understand this better. So like, that's the difference is it sounds like I'm making noise, but maybe it's selfish. I don't know, but I'm trying to, for me, it's the, it's order. It's like, I, it sounds chaotic sometimes, but I'm like making it go, oh, that's what it really is. Cause, cause it's like, it's the blind man, and the elephant it's, it's blind people touching an elephant and describing the elephant and they swear that's what it is. And then the guy touching the tusk and the guy and the guy touching the tail, he thinks he's a liar. He said, "No, it, it's nothing like what you described. You're lying." And he goes, and the other guy goes, "No, this is it." And then they fight to the death. That's an old parable and that's one of the most true things I know. Look at guns. Second amendment is one of the most important things in the world to me and to a lot of people in this country. And so when you hear people like when Kurt was talking about gun control and all this shit and like it hits me deep because in my social class we can't possibly have armed guards or walls we're so goddamn exposed and the different levels of the hierarchy it's the same in monkeys if you get kicked out of the top of the tree many times you died that's why our uh, uh, our, our desire for social approval is so strong because if people don't approve of you you're dead. And so you get real panicky when people aren't approving of you. And uh, I'm on a, a, a more social level where like, I truly understand the feeling like no one's going to help me. And that's true. OJ Simpson didn't go to jail for killing two people. Black guy, rich guy, right? The rich can corrupt the system so that they can get away with murder. Whereas people more in my lot in life uh, can't even get a cop to follow up a rape. And so when you feel that way, you say, oh, I need a gun. And you also, a lot of times the people I know, they've served in the military or they have a, a family history of military and they know that they that there's a chance there will be a tyrannical government. And all these people, all these rich elitists that say, do you really think you'll take out a drone? Yeah. And if you don't think so, look up what they're fighting us in Afghanistan with. Pretty effective if people have some heart and some hustle. You know what I mean? And it's also creepy that someone wants to ban something they don't even understand. If we get rid of the AR-15, we don't have to raise our children anymore. So when you see the Oscars where they have armed guards, and then you see where my kids will go to school and there is no guards, I say, why does that, that fat stuffed pig Meryl Streep get a guard and my son doesn't. She's not even a politician. She's just a fucking paid liar. What's the amount of money that will make us safe? And they, they have no answer. So um, that's another one. 
is the guns thing. When people are against Second Amendment, I see them as like legitimate enemies. And I have to like talk myself down and think like, oh, Fabrizio here lives in San Francisco where they only have fucking trolley cars. And he's so goddamn narcissistic because he has a few Apple products that he never has to think through any of this. Because my area is nothing like that. All right. Where's the dashboard? Here we go. Hate to be off topic. One, have you read Meditations on Violence? No, I haven't. I feel you could get a lot from it, too. Thoughts on the Nazi pug court case? Much love. Obviously, I'm I'm horrified by it. Horrified. I uh, I really hope that this turns around because it's a joke. It's a joke. What they're doing is they're taking all this shit that's really happening in England. There's so, so many fucking undocumented Muslims there, and they, they're blowing up Ariana Grande concerts and raping kids. And, uh, and they're not allowed to say anything about it. So what they do is they want justice, so they go after fucking random dudes making funny videos. And it'll, it's in Canada, illegal to make jokes, and England right now. America's next. Hey, Alan, remember when Prince Harry wore a Nazi uniform as a joke? Will he share a prison cell with the pug guy? No, because he's rich. Michael, Owen, I'm a hairy dude. Can I be hairy bear? Also, as a hairy bear, I am looking for tips on manscaping. Any thoughts? Well, welcome, hairy bear. Uh, yeah, man. Just, uh, you know, wax it if... No, waxing hurts, I think. I don't know, man. I'm not really that hairy. Just, just leave the hair. Why do you need to shave the hair? Show off that you have a high tea count and you don't drink any soy. You're the man buying all your specials. Oh, thanks, bud. March in London on April 23rd. Please get in contact with Sargon if you can. We need help. Also, thanks for the support today. Can I be Nordbear? Welcome, Nordbear. Yeah, man, I'm down for supporting anything for this cause. This is my cause, man. This is what I believe in. Anything you guys need from me, I'm in. Keep the faith, brother. Love your truth. Thank you. Stay calm and focused and enjoy the coffee. Yep. I usually don't visit your Twitter, but when I do, I first get chemotherapy. Your truth isn't name-calling. You come off as a psycho. Speak truth. Well, I think you're wrong, Cassidy. And uh, that's my truth. You come off as a psycho? Okay. Well, your name is Chaosity. (laughs) I don't come across as a psycho, Chaosity. Everybody's a psycho to someone. Just got a job, a AK Steel. Hope this helps, brother man. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And uh, congrats on the job. Titus Bear. Brandon BJ Bear King. Much love, Big Bear. The new special has inspired me to get in the gym. Saw, oh, is it because I, I, I'm a little chubby? Saw my fat ass giving you a high five on your way to the stage and just shook my head. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I got to get in shape too. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, the road, man. The road. We'll all do that together. Let's call it April. April, we really get healthy. Jose, thanks, buddy. Adam, thanks, buddy. Adam, Liberty Health share $449 per month for a family. Learning Wrestler's Bridge will fix your back problems. Also, socialism always leads to masturbation and death. Barry McBearface, Bear Esquire the Third. Thanks, buddy. Liberty Health share is $449 per month for a family. Well, right now, we, we got it down to like six something because we have the bronze package or some shit. It's a really high, uh, whatever you pay up front, deductible, but it's affordable. We don't really go to the, uh, the hospital that much. And uh, 
you know, Amy's pregnant and it'll cost us like five grand or four grand for the, uh, the birth, which isn't 20, but it's like, I hope people understand what it's like not having fucking Hollywood healthcare plans. Jimmy Kimmel, you crying cunt. Hit the like button. Yeah, oh, thanks. Hit the like button. Everyone hit the like button. Winter, Winchester Bear. Thanks, Winchester Bear. Make some more art, man. I love what you draw, bro. Never stop tweeting. Sincerity is more valuable than nicety much of the time. Also, if you get a song request, can you try uh, play Guy Clark's The Cape? Yeah, man. I'll try and learn that. But yeah, I'm not going to stop tweeting and being a fucking psycho. I'm just going to try and, and really think it through when I attack an individual. That's what I, that's my takeaway. Cause, uh, yeah, I, I just think that, that most people only get one side of the story because Hollywood is designed to only give one side of the story. And so when I give the other side, if I'm too reckless with individuals, people can get hurt. And I don't want that at all. David, thanks, buddy. Clem, if everything we do is pre-programmed, why punish criminals? They were pre-programmed to do it. The whole thing topples itself. It's nonsense. You know, I'd love to debate Sam on that, but I don't think uh, he would because I think I, I swear too much and I'm probably too aggressive. Uh, I mean, the dude's wicked smart, but I just don't understand how you can use action verbs to describe determinism. Like, you are self-determined. You are self-determined. And even if you are, which I don't believe we are at all, how does that help us in any way? That's like literally being on the Titanic and Sam Harris is there just going, the boat's going to sink. It's like, no shit. It's sinking. We're all, we're, we're going to sink. And you're just like shoveling water. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You didn't stand up to Saranac and you didn't stand up to Kurt. We respect you now and we'll respect you more when you do. Thank you, brother. Yeah, that's the thing is I think a lot of you guys realize, like you see my temper and indifference to, like, <laughs> that it's not an act of strength to always burn people. Because <laughs> Kurt was vulnerable, man. He was clearly in like a, a fucking vulnerable spot. He was being an, uh, like he was ruining my episode with Rogan, but like he was like borderline falling down, you know, and I've been there and I didn't want to like just be a dick. All right. Do you want people to come towards your point of view? If so, go hard at people you disagree with, but leave the door open for reasonable reconciliation. If you go so hard, neither you nor your opponent have a way to agree, even if you want to. Right. Right. All diplomacy comes from threats. Speak softly, carry a big stick. You know, Teddy Roosevelt, the Great White Fleet. Uh, I'm all about going at people hard. Like, of course. But if you overdo it or do it all the time, it's an act of insecurity. It's also, it's almost masturbatory. It's almost like ego so that you don't lose face. It's more about winning than it is. Because I want, I like freedom. So I can't use a lot of force because it, it goes against my whole theory of life. Like I can't force people into freedom. That's like that's like that's like rape consent. It's like how do you? It's a it's a paradox. I know what you mean though, where you leave a door open. Because if you don't leave a door open to people, they can't possibly change. They can't even if they want to agree, they can't. And so that's a rhetorical tool where sometimes you'll be arguing with someone and you know they want to agree with you, but they 
you won't allow them to. If you say like, if you show compassion and show that you could potentially believe that or you see how someone could believe that and you show a vulnerability, then they can. But if not, they just, you know, like I bet me not lashing out is going to make me and Rogan and me and Kurt closer. Because it's like anyone can lash out. Children lash out. And it's just the dumbest thing. It it doesn't do anything. But you also don't want to like cuck and and let people trample you. But it's like there's so many factors. You got to know like is it whose environment is it? Who invited who? Like is there what's what's the reason for things happening? You know, and you just have to sometimes eat shit. Sometimes you just got to eat your own shit. Thanks for all you do. Don't let free speech die. It it won't. We just need more Ricky Gervais and Joe Rogans and people like that. People with real names that can move the dial. Will you be going on Beauty and the Beta podcast? Yeah, as soon as I... I'm just on the road all the time. I still write for Crowder. Uh, I want to spend as much time with my family as I can. As soon as things calm down a little, yes. Pirate Bear and Squishy Bear just want to stop by and say we love you. I love you too, bud. Landon, hey man, you're awesome. Just want to say I am here to fight the good fight with you, man. Love you, buddy. Orlando, Owen, uh, are you going to SMU with Crowder? When will you be linking up with Crowder again? You both are classic. I'm not going to be with him, but... I uh I still Skype with him all the time. He's uh he's working his ass off. He's he's just he's fighting YouTube. He's uh going to college campuses doing change my mind. He's always fighting either a back or a knee. He's a fucking champion. So you know, I got to have a few weeks with him a few months ago to really shoot some stuff, but it was a more laid back time. Right now, for a lot of us, shit's really hitting the fan. You know, a lot of these social media companies aren't even hiding the fact that they're openly censoring anybody on the right and just canceling people and putting people in the in, in time out and demonetizing and all this shit. And it, he has employees, you know, it's like it's fucking nerve wracking. And so it takes so much effort and time to really see like where other people are potentially coming from. And not being overly empathetic and being like, oh, he's just a jihadist like you and me. But at the same time, not just slashing and burning potentially good people just because they they don't fit a social norm that you're accustomed to. Wife can't make it to the early show uh, in Chicago. Babysitter canceled. The bandit on Twitter if anyone in Chicago needs a ticket. Yeah, and if you uh, are, I can refund you too, bud. Don't sweat that at all. When will you be in North or South Carolina area? I don't know yet, but I will, hopefully. Just keep the door open if you want people to come to your position. If you want to go hard, that's fine. Oh, I read that one already. Just impressed by the kind of human you are. Much respect from a blue-collar pool guy. Keep being you. Oh, thanks, Chad. Watch your uh, purchase your special with uh, friends. Excellent. Not a bear yet, but I want Nine Bear with Snow Pea. <laughs> Welcome, Nine Bear. And, uh, of course, Snow Pea. Any chance you'll be coming to San Antonio or anywhere near... You're by at some point. Hell yeah. I want to do a whole Texas tour. Mozzarella is pronounced mozzarella. Jeez. Thanks, Clem. Matt, Harris is far from the worst, but the fact is he's the type of intellectual who is so smart he's close to being dangerous. Keep doing you. Yeah, but I think people are the most dangerous when they're isolated or feel attacked or feel threatened or unnecessarily attacked. Yeah, I think his image of the utopian future of playing frisbee on a beach and having a bunch of machines making all our shit for us is is of course it's kind of dangerous but 
everything can be dangerous. It's just like saying an AR-15 can be dangerous. I just try to like think about the character of the man and just the fact he didn't have to say anything about Islam and he did. And that will just, that just goes a long way in my book. And I just think that someone with character would steer the ship as well as he can given information. I just think he's wrong about a lot of shit, but that's okay. You know, what if, if this, in this world, if we just look at people that look for people that just agree with us, we're fucked because we actually can live in echo chambers now. So I'm just trying to do my best to unite tribes based on basic American morality or cultural, um, cultural ethics and, and not just believing everything I believe because people have just very different experiences. Although I do think that there is a right and wrong in this world. All right. We need to see you in Albuquerque. I love to. When's the next Beauty and the Bear? Maybe tomorrow. Loyalty is a rare commodity that has no moral repercussions. Though I have my concerns about Rogan, I admire your devotion to a friendship. Yeah, loyalty's big, man. It's real big. Accidental broadcast. Thank you. I'll and help you, Big Bear. John, you're the greatest. Jess, thank you. Tikamora, thank uh, God for guys like you all in politics is downwind of culture and you got some strong stank. Yep. Culture's the battle, man. And the as soon as the politics, as soon as it got to me, I realized that I had to really start paying attention to what I value in culture and to build one, not just attack one. And that's very, very, very important. Oh, and check out Streamlabs for future YouTube stream donations. They take 3% versus YouTube taking 30% more money for you and yours. Yeah, I, I, I'm into that. And some and people can just donate. My nose is really itchy. Jesus. They can just donate at my website. But the, the thing about Super Chats that, that's worth it is um, it's a market economy. It's uh, I will read what you say. And that's that's a valuable thing. You know, some people just want to donate to the next special or be a Patreon or something like that. And that's that's the wind in the sails, baby. I need that. I love that you do it. Also, if you don't have any enough money, don't. Don't feel any obligation and never put yourself in a weak position ever, ever, ever. Because there's some people right now that are feeling like, I don't have a lot, but I'm really resonating with this dude. I feel like someone has to say this shit and he's saying it and I want to contribute. But if you don't, there's a lot of people with ex, like excess cash and you don't have to be rich, but you just have some excess cash. Go for it. If not, don't and feel no guilt. Do not need it. It's all good. But uh, it's just I just really want people to uh, to to strengthen their roots because it helps me in the long run if you're financially stable because um, that's how you build a, a, a culture and a community. It's just the, the more you take care of you and your family, have kids, you know, provide. That's how we that's how we survive long term. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, but you can do it at Patreon or hugepianist.com if you just want to donate to the, to the comedy, but, but come on guys for 10 K that was a fucking good special. I thought it was like Netflix quality. I know I'm biased, but Netflix usually spends like 150 grand on a special. We spent 10 and I, dude, my, the next special, I want to produce someone else. That's my goal. Cause I just did two in six months. Uh, I was going to talk about that on Rogan, but Kurt uh, discovered crack that day. 
But uh, thanks for the idea. But no, uh, the cool thing about Super Chats is, is we get to discuss. It's like worth it for the words. I get to read the words. All right, what do we got here? I just really want to say as a Jehovah's Witness, we are not a cult. Maybe a little. Really, though, that classification is just a bit overused. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there was just a lot flying around yesterday. A lot flying around. I got a buddy who was in a real cult. And yeah, Jehovah's Witness is not uh, a real real cult. I know real cult. Not personally, but, you know, or you get locked in a basement and shit. Uh, Landon, it is uh, so hard for me and all my friends are libs and they mock me for not trusting the government. Yeah, well, just pity them for what they don't know instead of hating them. That's what I'm trying to do now, too. Just, just, they're, they're threats. They're dangerous. You know? But uh, the, last, the last people you should possibly trust is the government in the world. It's a sociopathic organism with a, a, a monopoly on force and the largest military in the world's ever seen. And, you know, bombs designed to destroy as much human flesh as, as possible that we have dropped... A million of them on civilians. So I'm not a, a fucking like libertarian party is against all war, which I'm not. I think there's absolutely reasons to be places. But like, come on, man. It's the government. They want they're, they're fucked up. Twitter. Easy to take out of context. Bears well actually go through the threads. Special. More fun on repeat viewings. Funny audience reactions. Pro clutchers biting lips. Try not to laugh. Great job. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's really important for the bears. And that always helps me. Because I, I feel a compulsion to be on Twitter a lot to respond to people calling me really fucked up things. Because if there isn't a response, people just will think it. Because that's just how people seem to be. But the better you guys are at like a good argument, the more persuasive we can be with, with you know, making people not accept this bullshit authoritarian world, you know? So I, I love what you guys do on there. And I love the community we build. And I love the trust that we build. Where, where like when Coddington was cloned, I knew immediately. Because he stayed at my house before. Kai, we all know you're the better comic. And man, you had Wednesday, Adams, Jezelnik, and Miss Piggy. Yeah, Wednesday, Adams, Jezelnik, and Miss Piggy. I don't know what that means. Uh, vote number two for Bear versus Medusa, and I'd like to be verified, please. Welcome, 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 welcome. Never attack a person as it makes you look like an ass. Only attack their ideas. Always leave people out of the discussion. That's that's the 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 most effective way. But that's what I was trying to talk about in the beginning. Is my culture like my like how I was raised is shit talking. It just is. It's just like that's. There's a culture where it's like, hey, fuck you, motherfucker. That's why, oddly, I relate more to, like, black people than I do, like, the Sam Harris's of the world. Because Sam Harris is probably right. That, like, if someone steps on your shoe, you don't have to say anything. But then there's the honor cultures that fucking, you, like, literally feel like you have to. I can't explain it, but it just is. And I soul search hard, but if, if I feel disrespected, and it comes from the culture of sheep herding. Where the liberal culture typically comes more from farming, where this is the square and you need a government to, to fucking protect your square. Sheep herding, I don't know, Scottish people, Arabs, fucking crazy people. Sheep herding and, and the, the deep south black people. 
and white people in the deep south. But sheep herding comes from a culture where if, if, if a sheep goes off and someone steals your sheep, you don't have lines in the sand. So you have to fuck up that dude or else everyone's just going to steal all your sheep. Like it's about honor and reputation is the only reason you have a flock. And that's a much different culture than the, the farming culture, which is a big fucking square. And then you hire a bunch of thugs to fucking not let anybody on your square. And then you start voting for the thugs. And one of them is named Hillary. Ugh. Did you see what YouTube just put out about content that involves firearms? No. Oh, God. Congrats on the new kiddo. I know this isn't much, but I hope it helps. My wife and I had a great time at your Fort Worth show. And the conversation and drinks after were awesome. Hope you guys are back. Thank you, Matt. Love you, buddy. Rustin, moving to Cambridge for MIT grad school in the fall. Looking forward to being close enough to catch some shows. Is Physics Bear taken? Uh, welcome, Physics Bear. That's cool, man. I might be out of here by then, but, uh, you know, I'll be back and forth a lot. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I got to do Boston. Hey, I forgot to post a message in my last Super Chat. If you and your family ever need a break, you guys can stay in a room I Airbnb here in Maui. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, my wife loves Maui. Thanks, Tina. Andy, just got out of Twitmo after seven days. Damn commies. My wife and I are stoked for Friday in Chicago. See you there. Love it. Yeah, it's going to be a cool. Some cool people are joining me. Can we fight postmodernism with Renaissance? Yes. Beauty. That's why I always tell you guys to draw art and shit. Beauty is undeniable. Music. Like this shit. Like this is undeniable. Just... Order. You can't get around it. So the Renaissance fought the darkness of the Middle Ages with beauty, form. So just make it. Make beauty. Because beauty inspires people. It's the difference in, in architect, uh, architecture. Like you go to London, you see this these ancient, just beautiful things that inspire you. And then you see these big buildings, these blocks, these commie buildings. They're supposed to break your spirit into thinking that humans are just little, just little mice in boxes. So to fight postmodernism, make beauty. Why do you think I'm just like working myself to fucking death, just making specials and live streams and all this shit, music? Because that's all you got. To fight the Borg, to fight the nothing from the never-ending story, all you have is creativity and beauty. And if you just and if you want to support artists like me, that's what Patreon is for. Patreon is like patronage. That's like what the Medici family did in, in Italy. Some people can't always uh, make shit, beautiful shit. So you pay money to someone who can, and then you go, oh, that's fucking great. And then we have to uh, burden the responsibility of living as an artist, which is fucking psychotic, as, as uh, Chaosity uh, paid money to point out. <laughs> fucking Chaosity. I love his fucking attitude. Arcane, your honesty and the cut the shit attitude really resonates with a large group of people in the free world. Thanks for standing up and being real. Well, thanks, bud. I don't have a choice. You know, it used to hurt me in the entertainment world because everyone else understood scarcity where they would not hang out. I remember Amy Schumer once at a party or nowhere at a casino. She had just performed. I was actually with Anthony Jeselnik that night and Amy Schumer and maybe Nick Swartzen. And we're all in this roped off area with all the Comedy Central executives. And they're cool people. And uh, I remember Amy Schumer said, uh, oh, I can't go out there and gen pop. And it's funny, but profoundly disturbing in another sense, where it's like the general population, but it's, but it's a, 
It's a term used in prisons. And she wasn't even that famous at the time, but she was on that upper trajectory where she was, uh, and I was, I'm all gen pop. Even back then, like Adam Sandler put me in a movie when I was 25 out of nowhere. Like I'm doing open mics and then next thing you know, I'm in a movie without auditioning because he saw me do stand up. And at no point did I understand the, uh, like the whole concept of scarcity and being aloof and being like a famous guy. You know, like the Aziz Ansaris are like masters of that, where they're always just like, bring my car around. And I'm like, dude, I met these these people. I'm going to go to their trailer park and fucking drink for three straight days. So now that the world's gotten so cold, the way I've always been seems attractive to people. It's the no walls. They just go, oh, that's him. Like I... And that's why when people know me on Twitter, it's funny. And when you don't know me on Twitter, it's horrifying. And I try to make myself available so you can know me because I can't not be myself. You know, I can grow out of certain uh, problems like what I just tried to do on this one. But Itchy Nose is from Vicodins, bro. Bro, you know, I haven't, I've taken a vitamin maybe, or not a vitamin, a Vicodin. The last time I took a Vicodin was probably 2007. I hated it. Maybe nauseous as fuck. It's not Vicodin's. Someone else said that I was on cocaine because of my special. I was like a little sniffly and someone was like, oh, I know what that is. I don't know. It was zero degrees that day. Zero. Last time I did cocaine, I've done cocaine maybe three times in my entire life and I hated it. It was like, uh, it's just speedy and shitty. You feel like you want to invent, like you want to come up with a business idea that sucks. No, my drug is alcohol. Alcohol and honestly, sometimes conflict. Just being straight up. Sometimes I'm addicted to fighting people. And I remember like I've done shows recently that have been so supportive. It, it, it kind of threw me for a loop when I was like, I look at a crowd that's just laughing and clapping at everything I do. And I think, who the hell am I fighting? This is new. So alcohol, like there's so many times where I just want a beer. I'm like, fuck, I want a beer right now. And uh, conflict. It's not drugs. I uh, I think drugs are a little, I don't know. I don't. It just isn't my thing. I don't know. It never really has been. And I'll tell you, would you consider talking with Eli Bosnick? Is there a reasonable voice in the empathy inclusion crowd? He is it. Yeah, I'll talk to anybody. Let's do it. All we have to raise group IQ is to select high IQ mates rather than the most aggressive guy with nice Jordans. Yeah, but also don't hit your kids. I think something that hurts the black IQ in America is that their fucking moms seem to beat the shit out of them. That's a proven fact that if you get beaten too much as a kid, your IQ goes down like seven points. It's pretty brutal. So, uh, yeah, just don't like beat the shit out of your children and, uh, That'll help. Awesome special. Did you do shrooms with the Australian bear? Maybe some acid? No, I didn't. You should look up David Wool to learn in-depth problems with Islam. I've, I've read a lot about it. Um, I, I can, but yeah. It's, well, it's about, it's about compliance and force. It's like, that's what it is. Get some rest, LB. First beer and shot on me in Chicago. Cheers to you and your family. Thanks, brother. Eric, dibs on the next special. Also check your phone. I will, Eric. Yeah, of course you're in, Eric. I want, I was thinking, yeah, Eric. I reached out to Kirk Fox. I'd like to produce his special, but I think he just doesn't give a fuck. He's such a good guy. 
Josh Wolf, I'd like to produce his special. I just think uh, I know how to do it now. And I can do them uh, cheap. And since I'm a comic, I'd let the comic own the special. Because that's a big thing that would always piss me off. I get a lot of money up front, but I wouldn't own it. And I still don't. I can't put clips of two of my specials on my own YouTube account. That's infuriating. I have to just rely on Comedy Central's middle management to fucking know what to do. They can't trim their own pubes. Uh, my kid got 15 days in jail cuffed in our kitchen for saying pew pew with her finger gun in gym class running laps. I couldn't talk or visit. Are you fucking serious? Oh, God. Dayut Moonson. Big Bear, Kurt fucked up yesterday, man. I tore him up on the comments. I guess I got protective because I feel you speak for me. I grew up poor in North Philadelphia. Hollywood does not see me. Yeah, and I I appreciate you guys having my back in the comment section. I was pretty fucking sad about that shit. So that meant a lot to me. I just really wanted to focus this stream on how little it had to, how much it had to do with chance. And that there wasn't any type of thing against me. And that Joe really does look out for me. He really does. Even when he sounds like he's being a dick. Like, he he truly has good intentions. And it's like, I wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. I could have easily torched him. Easily. And, you, like, anyone's torchable. Like, look at how fast people can just fall. And one of the reasons that he's not really... He's never going to fall is because people don't want to torch him. Like, that was one of the few situations where he really came across as a bully. Usually he's very compassionate and he has an open ear and he lets people, you know, if he interrupts, it's because he's so excited. And I had so much compassion for what the real story was with that. Like, he couldn't have predicted that Kurt fell in love with crack cocaine that morning or although... His point about my Twitter was accurate. He had used the wrong example. That's chance. <clears throat> this, super, this super chat is for those that can't. This is far more valuable than cable. Shout out to Shia, Shia Jew, Island Fag, and F a bitch, Brian Eskew, Cornelius, Jason, Disenchanted, Justin, Phil, Kana, uh, Kyle, and all the other unbearables. Oh, dude, John, you're the man. That is a fucking strong crew of unbearables, too. Oh, my nose. It might be the new dog. I love George, by the way. Much love, uh, Isa Bear. Have been trying to buy a new special for days, but can't for some reason. Is there any other way? Maybe because I'm in Canada and Big Brother Trudeau is watching. Also, can I claim Rus- Ruski Bear? Yes, Ruski Bear. You, uh, uh, just DM me. I'll, I'll give you a, a code that you can watch it because you basically just paid for it with that super chat. So uh, I will just give you that code. If that doesn't work, we'll figure something out. I still would love to collaborate on a book. Check my email yet. I've got 12 rules and Gulag Archipelago coming Thursday. I'm disabled, so I'm free. What a sentence. I'm disabled, so I'm free. That just blew my mind. It's like my joke about how one-armed people can't be handcuffed. I'm disabled, so I'm free. Wow, dude. I haven't got your email yet, but that last sentence is profound. Write that book. I'm disabled, so I'm free. That's your book, buddy. And if you need guidance, let me know, but you write it. I'm disabled, so I'm free. 
That title would stand out and it would be fascinating to read. <clears throat> Thanks, Light. Mr. Mike, first super chat on YouTube ever. Verified as proud bear, please. You provoke thought in me, entertain me, and reinforce my belief in Western society. Welcome, proud bear. Hey, Owen, love you, man. Thanks for being a voice for me. Anytime, Tennessee bear. And uh, I tried to get you and your brother's song for my special for the closing credits, but the audio was a little uh, tweaked. I tried to use Coddington's too, but instead we just used uh, the line in from the show for the the bike song. But I just want to let you know I appreciate that uh, that video you made. I, I like sent it to Joe, and we're like trying to make it work. Like I wanted to cover, but it just uh, I think it was too compressed or some shit. You feeling the shadow ban heat? No, you get around it with consistency. Uh, but yeah, I've been shadow banned for months. Not a me bear. Thank you. Oh, I'm almost done. I gotta go to bed. No, I'm on the super chat thing and I'm trying to figure out how to send five bucks to this bear guy. You know how super chat works? I'm not sure where I type. Ah, looks like you did just fine, Titus Bear. Vodka Bear, you were awesome on Bert's podcast. I think Bert is insufferable sometimes and wants to be loved more than being real, but it was an awesome combo. That's one of the things that that's so lovable about Bert, though. It's that he's this big teddy bear. He's like the guy that he he does want to be loved, but he's also a great guy. He's very loyal. And he's very open about his uh, shortcomings. Like, he'll be like, I just want to be so bad. Or he's like, I just want to look at your tit. He, uh, he's, he's great. Thank you, by the way. Uh, I've thought about my ex every day for 18 months now. I'm embarrassed to admit it. Any idea how I can start to move on? Can I claim Hellbear? Yeah, you can't just move on from a hole. You got to fill it. Whatever that obsession was, or whatever that passion was, you have to find something else that you're passionate about. You can't just move on from a hole. Got to fill it. So uh, don't let that be heroin or tons of random sex. Uh, as, as lame as it sounds, like just get a hobby or get super in shape or uh, just start really focusing on something else. Something you care about that you don't have to force. But allow yourself to be consumed with something else, and then you will move on. And then when you move on, you don't even get to feel the win. That's the funniest part. Is you look back, and you barely remember what it was even like. It's almost like being drunk. Where you just have, like, you're like, whoa, I really did just pee on a door? But you know you did, and you're like, interesting. Like, you don't really ever feel it again. It's weird. But I have faith in you, Dustin. Uh, what do you think was actually wrong with Kurt? Such a shame. Really wanted to hear you and Joe discuss things, even some criticism of your Twitter. I think Kurt is in a vulnerable position. I feel like he, uh, he's, he's been attacked by so many people on social media that he's got a little bit of a stage fright, a little bit of like pound dog vibe. And I think he's just really jacked up on that coffee. I don't really fucking know. Socialism has killed comedy in Scotland. Press F to pay respects. It has. What's up, Owen? Keep doing what you're doing, man. I love your stuff. Send some love from Utah. Can I be Mormon Bear? There may be a Mormon Bear, but until we know, welcome, Mormon Bear. I have a CD released recently that I want to mail to you and Amy. How long will you still be in New York? Oh, we're until the baby's born. Will your P.O. box still be good for a while? Yeah, we'll be good for a bit. I'm not going to move impulsively and cost myself $10,000. Hey, check your Twitter DM, please. I will, Landon. All right, that's going to be it for tonight, guys. Hi, Kiwi. Uh, all right. Well, 1,400 people are hanging out. That's pretty insane. At one point, we're up to 2,000. 
Well, hit the like button. I have a special for sale at hugepianist.com. It's called How Dare Me. I have uh, tickets available for my tour. And uh, Eric Nimmer will be joining me in Chicago. And I need some sleep. And I love you guys, man, for real. And make sure you comment on this and share it. And uh, I honestly hope Sam Harris sees it. Because I really do feel bad that I didn't take more time to think about it. And uh, I hope that he would learn from my point of view in the world because I think that I represent a lot of you guys. All right. Much love, everybody. And much love to Joe Rogan for having me on and uh, for trying to give me good advice just with the wrong guy. Because Anthony Jesnick is, in fact, a Hollywood cum donkey. Peace.